have shown me so much mercy. I praise you forever. I praise you. And you are God and God You have shown me so much mercy. I praise you. Just keep flowing. Forever I praise you. Oh, Daddy, I'm the one that you have shown mercy. Forever I praise you. Forever I praise you. Daddy, I'm the one that you have shown kindness. Forever I praise you. Till I die, I praise you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I praise you Now, whenever, whenever you worship God, try to disconnect from your environment. Try to disconnect from the distractions around you. It will help you connect to the frequency of heaven. In heaven, they don't stop worshipping. It's a constant thing. And so David said, I will sing unto you a new song. Now, David was not innovative. David had a technology that helped him to tap into new songs. Every time David would worship God, he worshiped God in a way where he is not distorted or distracted by the happenings around him. He worshiped God so much so that he could hear the angels. Am I communicating? He could tap into the frequency of worship in heaven. So many times David worshiped with new songs, new lyrics, new expressions because he was not worshipping from the flesh. The Bible says for now is the time that God will seek those that worship him in what? In spirit and in what? So every worship you give in the flesh is corrupted. But any worship you give in the spirit so for you to truly worship God in spirit you have to live here. You have to go there. You might start from here, but you have to get there. And it's only there in the realms of the spirit that you can give him through worship. Am I communicating here? Let me show you how people can worship God in the spirit. Very simple. If you really want to worship God in the spirit, you must bring yourself to a place of humility and naughtiness. You must bring your flesh to a place where your flesh is completely humbled before the Lord. That's how. The Bible says for the flesh shall not glory in the presence of God. Flesh shall not glory. So if you are joining to the holies of holies, your flesh can't get there. It can't, it can't go with you. The Bible also says it's not by power Neither is it by might, but by what? So if you want to enjoy the operations of the spirit, the transportation of the spirit, your power has to fail. Your might has to fail. 
I mean, you have to condemn your power, you have to condemn your might. So many times when you're worshiping, begin to think about the things that you wouldn't have done except God kept did it for you. Except God stepped into that situation, you would have died. Look, that is how to worship. Can I shock you? Many times when I'm worshiping God, I try to imagine myself as a baby from a very young age. And how my relationship with my mother is. And that's how I communicate with God. How I was so dependent on my father and my mother. That's exactly the mindset I used to approach God. So when I'm singing to him in that way. Amen. I'm singing to him out of a place of naughtiness. And a place of dependence on him. And in that way I can travel. That's how to travel in the spirit. That's how to worship in the spirit. If some things are disturbing in your mind, maybe you have you've done something wrong, immediately repent of it quickly. If something is bothering you, maybe house rent or all of those things, immediately discard it quickly. If you are you're already thinking of how to um how how much you have achieved in life, how good your life is, how you know, immediately discard it quickly. Anything that you have done with your power should now be submitted under. The worship of God. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. If you have achieved a PhD, you have achieved a master's degree, begin to see God as the doer of it. That is how to travel in this way. Whatever you think that you have done for yourself, lay it as a sacrifice before God and say, God, you are the doer of this. If not for you, where would I be? That's how to worship. The first song I, I started singing was Ibare. The meaning of Ibarra is, I praise you. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, my Father. That's what the meaning of the song is. So, calling God those names helps you. It helps you. It helps you humble yourself. Everywhere you see worship happening, the people who worship humble themselves. Am I communicating here? They brought themselves to nothingness. That's how to travel. And then when you have brought yourself that low, the Spirit of God just carries you with Him on a journey. And you begin to hear sounds of angels. You are God and God in love. You have shown me so much mercy. I praise you. Forever I praise you. For you are God and God in love. And you have shown me so much mercy. I praise you. Forever I praise you. You are God and God alone. You have shown me so much mercy. I praise you. I praise you. Who am I that you love me? Who am I that you care for me? I praise you forever. I praise you. Who am I that you love me? Who am I? You for me. I praise you forever. I praise you for you are God and God alone, and you have shown me so much mercy. I praise you forever. I praise you. You are my King and King alone, and you have shown me so much mercy. I praise you. I praise you. Even when I fall, 
Even when I'm weak, you give me strength. Even when I'm hungry, you give me food. And I praise you forever. I praise you. When our friends are gone, you comfort me. When I was down, you raised me up. And I'll praise you. I vow to praise you. Now that's how to travel. That's how to travel. May God give you a heart of worship. I thought your amen would be louder. Shake your neighbor and say, Neighbor, welcome to the holies of holies. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. See, even as I'm here, I'm hearing sounds. As I'm here, I'm hearing sounds. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. 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 I don't want to distract this service. You know, the word Amen is one of the names of God. Are you aware? The word Amen means so shall it be. And when Jesus died, everything that God has in his plan for us became a reality. Jesus was the Amen of God. In other words, Jesus was the socially be of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So one of the names of Jesus is what? Amen. So any song you sing, you hear the sing, and they are saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. They are not just wasting their time. They are calling on the Amen of God. And whenever you call God, whatever you call God, He answers to. If you call Him a Jehovah Jireh, He begins to provide. Am I communicating? Huh? You call Him Jehovah Rapha, He begins to heal. What if you call Him Jehovah Amen, or the Amen of God? He begins to do everything that God has in his will that was unavailable before his death but because he had died is now made available am I communicating here he begins to do everything he, everything that God has in his plan he shows up as the socialist be of God and he makes it possible does this make sense to you so when you hear songs like amen 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 Amen, amen. It's an enchantation. It's an incantation. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Have you heard that song before? Have you ever heard that song before? It's an incantation. You are calling on a personality. You're not just making noise. When I was younger, when I hear people say amen, amen, I say, ah, these people, is it that they don't have faith? Every time they are saying amen, amen, amen in the song. Until I discovered that amen is one of the names of God. When you, when you shout amen, 
you are calling so when i prophesy to you i say hey man what you have done is you have called on the personality that makes it possible that's what it's jesus is the amen of god somebody say with me jesus is the amen of god now i'm just we are going to continue with our series um sonship principles of sonship the principles of sonship Okay, let's 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 flow now. The principles of sonship part two. The principles of sonship part two. The principles of sonship part two. Let's revisit some of the things that we have studied um, last week Thursday, last week Sunday, and then upper week Thursday. So last week Sunday we talked about the principles of sonship part one. Who can just go over the principles that we mentioned, some of the principles that we mentioned, somebody should just list it for me quickly. Some of the principles of sonship that we mentioned on Sunday, last week Sunday. Yes, quickly, you can open your notes please so that we can run. Yes. The principle of, yeah? A son does yeah. not choose their father. A son does not choose his father. Uh, okay. Okay. It's part of, it's under a particular principle. It's not a principle on its own. It's under a particular principle. So I just want some people to mention. Just check your notes. Check your notes. Check your notes. The principles. Principles. Yes. We have the principle of exclusivity. Exclusivity, yes. Principle of exclusivity. Another person wants to try. Somebody else wants to try. Principle of of you were in church on Sunday. Ah, uh, what's happening here? We don't have notes. Quickly, quickly. Joel. It's not true. You can't forget our messages. You are supposed to have written them down. It's a discipleship church. The principle of what? Go ahead. Tell me three more. Sir, can you remember anyone? You're not you're not escaping, you know. I mentioned some principles of sonship on Sunday. Yeah. Anybody? So it means that we don't need to go through our notes when we go back. As some of us don't even have our notes. Is what? Principle of what? Yeah, principle of ease is one of them. Principle of ease is one of them. Yeah. Which other one? Hmm? Please, after today, go back to your notes. It's very important. So the principle of oneness. I and my father are one. That's one of the principles of sonship. The relationship between Jesus and God is a son and father relationship. Am I communicating? And the Bible says, I am my father. Jesus said, I am my father are one. Don't worry, sir. You can come and sit down. Come and join the class. Hallelujah. Sit in front here so I can see you. Amen. So, the principle of oneness. That's number one. Number two, the principle of exclusivity. Number three, the principle of perception and revelation. Alright? I will talk about three more principles 
and I'll, I'll be out of your faces. The next principle is the principle of abiding. I think I mentioned it. A son abides in the house forever. So the difference between a son and a servant is a servant comes, walk, and gets his pay and disappears. But a son abides forever. Say with me, a son abides forever. Please just say it louder. Say, a son abides forever. Somebody shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just heard something in my spirit. There is someone here that God is going to give a job a couple of days from now. I saw that the person had applied to get a job a while ago, but suddenly there will be a job opportunity for that person a few days from now. Shout the loudest, Amen. Amen. So look at these principles I'm about to mention. Number four or number five. And how many did I mention on Sunday? I mentioned four on Sunday. So look at number five and number six principle. Number five principle is the principle of honor. A son will always honor his father. A son will always honor his father. How many of you know the book of Ephesians chapter 6? Ephesians 3.16 actually. Ephesians 3.16. Let's, let's see that quickly. Everybody. Ephesians 3.16. His son will always honor his father. You are God all by yourself. Hey, you are God all by yourself. Ephesians. By yourself. Anybody can read? Ephesians 3 16. Yes. Yes. Ephesians 3. That you're reading Ephesians 1. Yes. Yes, please read. As he will grant you according to the riches of his glory, the strengthening with might through his spirit. That's 316. Okay, strengthening with might. Okay. Look at this. Ephesians, sorry, Ephesians 6 1. Not, forgive me. Ephesians 6 1. Yes. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment So the principle of honor, the principle of honor is one of the things that every son must have. We talked about the principle of oneness, the father and the son is one. The principle of exclusivity, you cannot have more than one father. We talked about the principle of perception and revelation. You must know your father by reason of revelation. You cannot know your spiritual father or choose your spiritual father. You only know them by revelation. 
somebody cannot tell you. You have to know by revelation. And I gave you an example with Peter and Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, says, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. It was by revelation he got to know his Father. Amen? Amen. So I mentioned some of those things. And then today I'm telling you that a, one of the principles of sonship is you must be a true son. You must have honor in your heart. What does it mean to honor a person? Number one, I'll tell you what honor is. Take notes. To honor a person is to discern and to reward a person. To discern who a person is and to reward that person. That's what it means to honor. Am I, am I communicating? To discern who a person is and to reward. So if I come to a place now, I should be able to discern who you are by the Spirit of God. And I should be able to reward you with every, anything I have. I want to just give you a, a good example. The wise men from the East that came to worship Jesus. As soon as they saw the star, they, what they came to do was to honor Jesus. Am I communicating? They first discerned that the king was born. But they didn't just stop there. They went with gifts. What did I say? They, went, they gathered gifts. They had to buy expensive gifts. And then they went to honor the king. So if you have, if God gives you a spiritual authority, a spiritual father, you must learn to be able to discern him from who he is in the realm of the spirit and not who he is in the flesh. Am I communicating here? Maybe to know who he is to you. There are many people that are not moving forward in life. Remember the Bible says, honor your father and your mother for your days will be long on earth. So one of the rewards of honoring your spiritual parents is that you have longevity. Praise the Lord. Now the word, ah God, there's so much to teach. When the Bible says, honor your father and mother so your days will be long on earth. That word long on earth has two things inside. It's made up of two things. So when, when a person has long life, what the person, when God blesses a person with long life, what God has blessed the person with is longevity and quality of life. What did I say? So when a, a father in the Lord or your parents are even say, blessing you and say, my son, you will live long. You will live long. There was a man I, I read of in the news. One um, guy, um, Labour Party guy and all of that, a papa or something. Somebody abused him and took his cap, a young man. And he said, that young man will never grow old. One of the persons that were involved in all of those things had a car accident that same day. That same day. Had a car accident on his way to Kefi. That same, almost died. So when a father, your, both your earthly fathers, your earthly parents, or your spiritual parents, when they release a curse on you, it's a problem. And even if they don't release a curse on you, if you dishonor them, you have been treated a curse. It's natural. Or you have exempted yourself from the blessing. Am I communicating here? So when the Bible says, if you honor your parents, you will have longevity. It's trying to say, you will have quality and quantity of life. You will not just live long, but your life will be qualitative. Your life will make sense. Let me prophesy to somebody say, my friend, may your life make sense. No, look at the person in his eyes. Say, my friend, may your life make sense. Say, by the principles of honor, may your life make sense. 
is one of the blessings that comes from honor. And how to honor a person is to discern who the person is to you. I don't look at my early father as just anybody. I discern him in the spirit. I know him in the spirit. My spiritual father, I don't look at him as just any young man. I discern him in the spirit. And from that, from that eyes of the spirit, I now reward him. So if I'm giving my spiritual father a gift, and look at look at this. If I know who my spiritual father is by the spirit, I don't compare him with people like Buhari. I don't compare him. Oh God, I wish I can talk about this. I don't compare him with, with any great man on the face of the earth. Is there any man on the face of the earth that can take the place of your earthly father? Eh? In the same way, when you find your spiritual father, nobody should be able to compare with him in your life. Nobody should compare or struggle with the authority he has over you. And if you see him as a very, um, as you, if you see him as an authority over your life, then you must honor him in that with that kind of perception. So you honor him with the best that you have. You reward him. You give him things if if it needs, if it requires giving. You 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 serve if it requires service. You just honor him. Now, what honor? After another way to define honor. Now, honor when you are giving honor, amen. When you are giving honor, what it what it means is that you are sending the man and you are rewarding the man. Now, when a man is receiving honor, what he's doing is that he's he's receiving something that he necessarily does not need. Are you know what I'm saying? But he 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 perceives. Your respect from that thing you are doing. If I want to honor you now, ma, are you hearing me? If I want to honor you now, I'll just when I see you, you come into church. I say, Hello, it's good to that's what we do to first timers. It's good to see you. God bless you. We shake your hands, we you know, you know, res- respectfully. We can even maybe take them out for lunch or give them a gift. What we have done is that we have honored. Amen. What if you are somebody of, of high reputation? Maybe you are a woman of God from um, UK or somewhere from far away, far, far away, or you are an anointed person. God is using you. You are anointed music minister. How do I honor you? I perceive you as who you are, not just physically, but in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And then I I reward the way I honor other persons is not the same way I honor you. So of course, am I communicating? So honor is something that must be found in church amongst brethren but most importantly towards your spiritual father towards your spiritual authority. You might not necessarily if you come to church and I give you a gift. Huh? You necessarily do not need that gift. You don't necessarily need that gift. You go to some churches, they give you some things. Come to church, they give you maybe bottle water um, and um, some cards or anything like that, or biscuit inside. Eh? Do you need it? No. But that is called honor. It's called what? So when your pastor, they say it's your pastor's birthday, it's your pastor's birthday, and you come and you give your pastor the best thing you have, maybe give him 100 naira, give him 200 naira. He doesn't need it. Am I communicating? But what you have done shows he perceives it as honor. He doesn't need it, but he perceives your respect and your regard 
So to a person who is receiving honor, he perceives how you perceive him. He perceives your respect for him. Then to a person who is giving honor, what you are doing is that you are discerning that person who you want to give honor to and you are rewarding that person. Am I communicating here? That's what honor is. I hope you understand what I said. So if you learn to honor your spiritual parents, you have longevity and quality of life. Your life will be easy and your life will be long on the earth. That's what the Bible says. So that's one of the things, one of the things we find in churches that people don't honor their men of God. They don't honor, they don't, they don't regard their men of God. One of the signs that you honor your man of God is somebody is talking about your man of God and telling you, ah, your man of God is this, your man of God is that. You tell them, oh, that you're, you're speaking about my man of God. You can't, you can't do that. It's a sign that you honor the man. And there's a reward. Tell your neighbor there's a reward. Tell your neighbor there's a reward. Hallelujah. Now, look at another principle of sonship. These are things that makes a son a son. Remember, when we talk about sons, we're talking about people who have grown in their work with the Lord so much so that they can now handle responsibilities in the Lord. I was talking about people who will manifest. Am I communicating? Who the world is waiting for their manifestation. The Bible says, the NS expectations of all creations are waiting for the manifestation of who? Of who? Sons of God. So for you to be a son, these are the principles you must obey. The principle of honor, the principle of exclusivity, you must have one father, the principle of oneness, you must be one with your father. What is happening in your father's life will happen with you. Uh, the principle of ease, you must not struggle with what your father struggled with. Praise the Lord. Are you there? Praise the Lord. Now, the last principle I want to mention, if you must be a son, if you must operate is like a son or have the manifestation of a son, the last principle I want to mention is the principle of correction. You must be willing to receive corrections from your spiritual parents. They should be able to rebuke you. Let's see Hebrews 12 and verse 9. Let me just read it myself. The Bible says, Hallelujah. Hebrews 12 and verse what? Verse 9. Okay. Hebrews 12 and verse 9. It says, Moreover, we have had earthly fathers who, decide, who disciplined us, and we submitted and respected them for training us. Shall we not much more willingly submit to the Father of spirits and live by learning from his discipline? Somebody said discipline. So if you must be a true son, you must have people that discipline you, that tell you, hey, that you have done is wrong. How do you know a person who is not a son? When you shout on him, he will never come back. That's the servant. When you discipline him, he will never come back. That's the servant. That's no son. That kind of person cannot manifest. That kind of person cannot be used of God. That kind of person cannot go far with God. Because the Bible says, for we have, moreover, we have had any fathers who disciplined us, and we submitted and respected them for training us. Two of us, your early parents, did you find them when they disciplined you? No. It says, shall we not much more willingly submit ourselves to Father of the Spirit, to the Father of the Spirit, that's your spiritual father, and live by learning from his discipline? So when your parents discipline you, don't, you don't run away. But when God brings you around the spiritual authority, and disciplines you, you, you are you are ah you are nowhere to be found. 
there's a sign that you're not ready to grow. Am I communicating? Praise the Lord. Are we together? So I'm rushing this now. Follow me closely. There are two types of mantles. I mentioned it on Sunday. I said I will finish it on this Sunday. There are two types of mantles that you receive when you submit to spiritual authority. The first mantle is the mantle of recruitment. Say, mantle of recruitment. Now the second mantle is the mantle of inheritance. Say, the mantle of inheritance. Praise the Lord. So whenever you submit yourself to a spiritual authority, there's a mantle that God puts upon you. It's an anointing God puts upon you. And that anointing is to follow that spiritual authority. I gave you several examples. How can you explain Jesus coming to a, a man and say, you, follow me and I'll make you um, I'll make you a fisher of man. This is the guy that had a business that was flourishing. As soon as Jesus said that thing, he left everything. Quick, quick. I'm going to say quick, quick. He left everything he was doing and he was following the man. Foolishly. It's a mantle that came upon him. When Jesus spoke to him, he casted a mantle on him. When Elijah met Elisha, what did he do to Elisha? He casted a mantle on him. The guy followed. So there is a man, whenever you want to submit to spiritual authority, there is a mantle that first comes upon you. And that mantle is to help you follow well. Is that, that mantle is to help you obey the principles that will finally make you a son and a gift to your generation. Remember, children are not given as gifts. Only sons are. Isaiah chapter 9, the Bible says, unto us a child is born, but unto us a son is given. Look at what happens to the son. Government shall be upon what? So, respond. See, any, any, anytime you see, I told you guys this thing, anytime you see a, a, a church that has not changed their atmosphere, their territory, that church is full of children, not sons. Because if the church is full of sons, people have matured in the Lord, even the, the, the territory will feel it. If that church is made up of sons, for instance, a son that has grown in the Lord and God has put that person in government, one day that person comes to us and say, okay, now we are going to tie all these roads for the church. Maybe God has blessed that, put that man in the place of business and the man is doing well. Because he has grown in, in maturity. He will just be going to his father's house, his mother's house and building different kind of houses. He will come to church and say, Kai, we have to build a bigger, the space is too small. Let's build a bigger church for the Lord. He will put God first. Why? Because he has done what? His what? He will come to the church and say, oh, everybody who is not going to school here, let's sponsor them to school. Because he's no longer a child. He's not looking for bread. He's now a son. He's looking for seeds. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Sons were designed to change the world. Sons were designed to impact their territory. Sons were designed to raise, raise other sons. Sons were designed to impact their world. If you, if you live all your life now and you die and nobody remembers you for, for, for something good, no, you didn't replicate yourself in people. You have lived a wasted life. Even when Jesus comes into your heart for the first time, you give a life to Christ. What Jesus comes to do is to make you a son. So you can be a child at the beginning, but you must end up what? Hey, shout to me. What? So, John chapter 1 verse 12. As many who believe him, he has given the power to become sons of God. So the moment you accept your life as many as Lord has saved you, he has given you power 
for sonship. That means you can't be normal. You can't die normal. You can't live normal. You can't just be living for your belly, for your belly, for your belly. No. Somebody else has to feel the impact of God in your life. Somebody around you must, must love God because of you. Must serve God because of you. Your community must be blessed because of you. Your village must be affected because of you. That's power of sonship. But if that must happen, you must have a father. You must submit. I must follow the principles that makes for sons. I read together. So when you give a life to Christ, a mantle for followership comes on you. Boom. When you meet your spiritual father, a mantle for followership comes on you. That grace, that mantle, you have to be very careful because many people lose it. One of the people that Jesus spoke to said, <laughs> said Jesus said to him, says, follow me and I'll make you. He now said, ah, oh, daddy God, just allow me. Daddy God, allow me to go and bury my father and my mother. When I bury them, I will follow you. There are people like that, two of us. There are times God gives you an, an unusual unction for prayer, unction for fasting, unction of zeal to serve it. That At that point when you receive that unction, be very careful what you decide to do. Be very careful not to allow your personal concern to replace your passion for God at that point, at that point in time. That, for instance, when you give a life to Christ at the beginning of your work with God, there's something that comes on you. A zeal. Two of us is a mantle. But when you are not careful with that zeal, you're not, you don't nurture that zeal, you begin to think about, oh, I, I also need this one, or I also need to get this job, or I also need to make more money. I need to, you're, you don't, you're not careful with that zeal that came upon you for prayer, that zeal that came upon you for fasting, that zeal that came upon you for evangelism. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't yield to that zeal very soon. It will look like you've lost it. Am I communicating here? And one thing about zeal is that when you, when you submit to a zeal, the zeal consumes you. Jesus said, the zeal of my father's house has done what? Why? He submitted to the zeal of his father's house. Are you with me? Are we together? So, when a mantle of followership comes upon you, a mantle of retreat comes upon you, yield to the mantle. Don't be like the man that said, let me bury my father and my mother first. Don't be promising God, oh God, don't worry, let me do this, accomplish one first. No. Follow. Yield to that, that, that mantle. Yield to that function at first. And then the second mantle that comes upon that person is the mantle of spiritual inheritance. The mantle of what? This is when you have yielded to the mantle of, of recruitment and you are following after your father, you are, you, are, you, are, you are obedient, you are obeying all the principles of sonship, it gets to a point where God begins to reward you. He begins to reward you. He begins to reward you. I talked about it on Thursday. So some of you that were not in church on Thursday. I said you begin to get rewards. Look at the conversation between Jesus and Peter. He, Peter just said to him, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Now, thou art Peter. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. Now, if you read the scripture downwards, it says, Now, I have given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bound on earth, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, will be losing it. Did you, did you hear that? He began to receive his inheritance, his spiritual inheritance. He began to receive another mantle. This time around, a mantle of reward, a mantle of spiritual inheritance. Why? Because he had 
yielded to the mantle of followership, the mantle of recruitment. He followed and at with time a mantle came upon him, the mantle of reward. God gave him a key. There's something the Bible mentions in Isaiah chapter 25, 22 verse 22. It says, and now I'll give unto you the key of the house of David. He said, you will lock and no one will unlock. And you will unlock and no one will lock. There is something such as a key. Now let me say this very carefully. Spiritual rewards or the mantle of rewards or the uh, spiritual inheritance. Please, when I mention all these things, I'm talking about the same thing. The mantle of inheritance, spiritual inheritance, or the mantle of rewards, or the mantle of spiritual rewards, whatever it is. When a mantle comes upon you, that mantle will make you, it will, it will give you what I call spiritual authority with God. So what, what Peter received after he had discerned whom Jesus was, was he received the key. Am I communicating? He received the key of heaven. That whatever he says will never fall to the ground. It's a reward. And that is, that is a reward of followership, of being a son. How many of you will like it? That whenever you say a thing, it must happen. You like that kind of reward. It comes by followership. Are you together? Are we together? Let me show you something. <laughs> I gave them on Thursday some examples of people who did not get their rewards. They were followers. They received the mantle of recruitment and they were followers, but they did not get the mantle of rewards or the mantle of spiritual inheritance or the mantle of spiritual authority. They didn't get it. One example was Aaron in the Bible. Aaron didn't get it. He was a follower of Moses. Was the son of Moses, but he didn't get it. Even though he was older than Moses, he was a spiritual son, but he didn't get the reward. Am I communicating? Another example is Gehazi. Gehazi was a servant, was a son of who? Of who? Elisha. Gehazi was a son of Elisha. But guess what? Gehazi did not get his spiritual inheritance. He was a son of Elisha, but he did not get. Followed Elisha for many years. But when it was time for him to get that mantle of reward or that spiritual inheritance, he couldn't get it. He made a mistake. He dishonored the man. He wanted to cheat the man. And guess what? Instead of him getting that, that inheritance, remember when we talk about inheritance, inheritance is something that is meant to be passed on from generation to generation. So instead of him to get that inheritance, he got a curse. He, he got leprosy. And let that leprosy was passed down from generation to generation. Am I communicating here? Am I communicating here? So there are some of you, when you follow faithfully, the mantle, that, the mantle of reward that God is going to give to you is the authority over the business world. So if you God is going to give you the authority over academics. So of you, if you follow faithfully, God is going to give you authority over sports. You can own one of the biggest football clubs in the world. It's an authority. Someone says it's an authority. The people in the spiritual dark kingdom, they understand this. And so you see a man following a native doctor, having a priest, following, serving everything that native doctor says, he will do it. 
and finally you see that man will compete with another man who does not have the spiritual authority over his life in elections. They will compete in an election. And this man will tell you, will tell you, Emiloko, Emiloko. That man will tell you, I want, I want Nigeria, please. Oh, this one will get the record. I want a new Nigeria, I want a new Nigeria. But this one, this one I say, Emiloko has priests. Has a priest that he, he follows, he's submitted to. And the other one is just, is just very zealous, working very hard. This guy can cash out on the reward of the authority of politics. He can cash out on it. Whereas the other one who does not have spiritual authority, doesn't even respect spiritual authority, might be there. Am I communicating here? Am I communicating? Are we together? Please, I wasn't talking about Peter Obi and Asiwaju. Please. I'm just giving. Yes. Hallelujah. Are we together? You guys are too quiet. Are we together? Yes. Okay. So, um, let me just show you a couple of things for a couple of reasons why people don't get their rewards. You know, why people don't get their rewards. Okay. Let me just show it to you quickly, and then we'll close from there. Salabrana Mahosabaya. Look at this. Um. Reasons for not getting your spiritual inheritance. You know, I mentioned a couple of them on Thursday, but I'll just overview it again and then finish it up. The first reason why people do not get their spiritual inheritance is called a wrong heart. Somebody say a wrong heart. You come to church, you serve God, but you don't have a good heart. You are you have a pastor, but you have a wrong heart towards your pastor. It's a sign that you will not get a reward. There are people who, the, the translation of the Bible calls it a deceitful heart. I think Proverbs chapter 17, verse 20, we read it, right? A deceitful heart. You just come because of what you want to get. It's a wrong heart. If you're serving God because of what you want to get, what do you have? It's a wrong heart. And you can't get your spiritual inheritance. I told you guys, I gave you guys two examples on Thursday. I said two people can lift up their voice and shout. Wow, we shout. I command you, blind man, open. Blind eyes, open. The other one shout. Uh, one uh, my still shout. He might say, "Oh, you that is dead, rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up, dead man, rise up." And that pastor will come and say, "In Jesus' name, we pray. Everyone that is dead, seeking your body, receive your healing now. In Jesus' name, we pray." That's all. Now that one that shouts, Jesus, everybody, everything starts happening. This one wake up. This one blind eyes start seeing, lame starts walking. And the other one, the other pastor, shouting, in Jesus' name, I bind you, bind you, I open, there, yep. And nothing happens. The difference between two of them is spiritual what? Authority. One has, has received the mantle of reward. One has received the gift of spiritual inheritance. But the other one does not have an inheritance yet. Probably he's not following well. But this other guy is following well. And then God has, has entrusted him with the authority over any form of disease. Sir, God can entrust you with the authority over any form of disease. Amen. It's very possible. I pray for a woman. When I, when, I, when I was given my first car, the woman that gave me my first car, I prayed for her. She had cancer. I'd never, I'd never prayed for anybody with cancer and they were healed. I've had cases of cancers. But that was the first, that was the first experience 
where somebody was healed of cancer. But before that, I came into that realm. You know, there are realms you walk in, headache can be healed easily. Two of us. There are realms you walk in, stomach ache will go. And there are also realms you walk, HIV will go. Amen? So there was, there was this time in my life, walk with the Lord, I was, I was consistent. I was focused. I, I, I was focused and I'm still focused. I was consistent. Submitted to my spiritual father, following my spiritual father, listening to all his messages, listening to all his, his reading all his books, following back to back. I still do that. Now we got to that point, it got to a point where that, that woman now came with her situation. I've never experienced that before. But I've seen my, my, my man of God, my spiritual father, pray for the sick and they were healed all forms of sickness. Now when I tried to pray for this woman, I just knew, I knew something has changed within, a, within that period of consistent faithful follower. I knew something had been given to me. Sometimes how I receive my spiritual inheritance in the dream is that from one of the experiences I had is that an angel came to me and gave me a staff and gave me a sword. Some of you, you receive your spiritual inheritance in the dream when a man of God appears to you and shakes your hand. Am I communicating? Like me, just some weeks ago, I know I received a spiritual reward or a spiritual inheritance. One of, one, one of my mentors came to me and gave me a car in the dream. Am I communicating? My spiritual father at one time, in fact, I think this, I had this experience before I prayed for the woman that had cancer. So my spiritual father came to me in the dream. I'm talking about Reverend David Ogoeli. He gave me a handkerchief. What did I say? A handkerchief. And he now said, said, he said to me in that dream, he says, what I have done, you're about to do much more. And he gave me the handkerchief and I received it. And that, that was the period that woman called me and said, I have cancer. And I just prayed for her like I would pray for every other person. But this time it was different because I was carrying a spiritual inheritance. Somebody had a spiritual inheritance. I had sold seeds to this man of God. I had followed this man of God. I had listened to his messages. I had honored him. And this time around, it was different. I prayed for that woman over the phone. Over the phone. What did I say? Over the phone. And after some days, she went to do a check. I called me back and she started shouting and screaming, Man of God, oh, man of God, oh, man of God, oh, cancer has gone, cancer has gone. And the next thing she said, She's giving me a car. How's I got my first car? Somebody say spiritual inheritance. If you get your spiritual inheritance, it will answer to everything you are looking for in life. <laughs> spiritual inheritance is just like somebody has a talent. A very good talent that everybody pays to. What if your talent, your, now your spiritual inheritance comes as raising the dead? Any person who comes to you that is dead will come back to life. Will you be popular or will you be unpopular? I'm telling you, this thing works. If you are able to nurture yourself, follow faithfully, and God gives you a spiritual inheritance, and you, your spiritual inheritance is dominion over the sports world, the way you play football, nobody else can play like that. There is no how you get to the 18 of a post and not call a goal. And you are consistent with it like that. Every football man. Will you be popular or will you be unpopular? Eh? Shout to me. Say spiritual inheritance. Elisha received his own spiritual inheritance from his father, Elijah. 
and it was a double portion of Elijah's anointing. Now, there was nothing Elijah, Elijah did that Elisha did not do. But the funny thing about Elisha was that Elisha did double of everything Elisha did. El Elijah did. Shout to me, spiritual inheritance. There are so much I can tell you. So much. Spiritual inheritance is like an intangible gift. Or when it's on you. <laughs> this thing we call the grace. Grace for wealth. is a spiritual inheritance. If it comes on you, you will struggle. Somebody was, I was watching an interview some days ago. The guy was, was saying, I think it was Sabinus. I don't know if you know Sabinus. Oh, God, Sabinus. Uh, you know that it was in an interview. And they were asking, he said, Sir, what is your secret to success? He said, I pray every day and I sow seeds. <laughs> Sounds very funny, right? That means he has a spiritual father. And God has given him a spiritual inheritance, an authority over the world of comedy. He, he can't make a video and he will not, not travel. He can't post and he will not have deals. Am I communicating here? There is something God wants to do with you, but you are not ready to be discipled so that he can, he can trust you with that anointing. He can trust you with that reward. You are not ready. But the day you decide to be ready and you submit, it will just take time. But when it comes upon you, it will cover up for all the times you think you wasted. My communication. When God finally remembered Anna, he didn't give him just a sample. He gave her plenty of children. If God remembers, when God decides to reward you, it is it's usually massive. It's usually massive. So a wrong heart is one of the people that one of the things that rob people of their reward. A wrong what? What is your motive for serving God? What is your motive for coming to church? What is your motive for following your man of God? Is it for what you will gain or because you are truly in love with Jesus and you want to grow in your work with God? If that is your motive, then get ready. Reward is coming. Somebody shout aloud, Amen. Amen. Greed is another reason. Greed. Somebody say greed. Isaiah 56 and verse 11. Let's read quickly. Look at. I want to. I want to close now, 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 now. So let's read very fast. Isaiah 56 and verse 11. Isaiah 56 and verse 11. Kilama kopara suzegamonahaya. Ruteke pashande lebroto. 56 and verse 11. Then somebody else open to Genesis. No, open to Numbers 12 and verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 56, one person will read Isaiah 56 first. Then secondly, we'll read Numbers 12, 1 to 3. Yes, read loud. Isaiah 56. Verse 11, yes. Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain, for his. So whenever you are always looking for your gain, always looking for your gain, always looking for your gain, we are going to look for a house some days ago. We saw a house. A man in that house, the house, the house was renovated. Alright? But the house, the things in the toilet are very old. Very old. Very old. The man now put the price for the house and now said he was going to collect the price for two years. It's greed. He's looking for his gain. He didn't do much in the house. He didn't, he didn't invest much in his house. But he wants to get money quick. Anytime you are after your gain, more than you are after God's gain, 
greed, the spirit of greed has happened. Something happened, a couple of my friends did some investment together. They put in some money together and we were told that one of the persons that put in money as they were putting the money into an investment and the investment was rising, one of those guys cornerly went and went and withdraw part of his money. I was lying that he didn't withdraw part of the money. What spirit is manifesting in that guy? Greed. He's looking for his gain. So every time you are always thinking about your gain, there are people who have money in their pocket and there is a need in church, but they are thinking about their belly first. Their belly. Let's have a shop. Let's have a shop. Let's have a shop. That's all they think about. Is greed. Is greed. And a man that is going to follow well and become a son must never be greedy. The same thing with Gehazi. Gehazi was looking for his pockets. Greed can lead to many things. Greed can make you lie. Greed can make you cheat. Greed can make you... See, the Gehazi... Oh my God. There, was, there are two brothers in the scriptures. Jacob and Esau. Esau looked at the porridge that Jacob had cooked. And he said, Kai, my brother, you sabi coco, this food day, this food day enter my head. Brother, you go give me this, your porridge, make me I work, make my stomach. Anybody who cannot control the appetite of hunger cannot go far with God. They make me I work. I just come back now. Hunger won't kill your brother. Give me food. Jacob now said, You will give me your birthright. This is exactly what is happening to many people. Because of greed, many people have sold their spiritual birthright. Help me look at your neighbor. I bought, I was a neighbor. Don't sell your spiritual birthrights because of greed. So this guy was, he, could, he was not satisfied with what he had. He couldn't hold his appetite. He wanted another person's own. He wanted, he wanted to just satisfy himself. And then, guess what he did? Say, hey, birthright. Notice how they use birthright zoo. Take my birthright. Give me porridge. Make I work. There are some people that have done this even with temptation of fornication. If somebody comes and tells you, let's have sex. You know what you are doing? You're exchanging. You're not married to that person. You want to have sex with the person. You're exchanging your birthright. What you should have, you should, maybe God has given you a spiritual inheritance and you should have started nurturing that inheritance. But because of the pleasure, somebody is offering you, say, give me pleasure. Take my inheritance. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. May God help us in Jesus' mighty name. I said, may God help us in Jesus' mighty name. So the Bible said, the scripture he read says, a greedy man is always looking for his own. It is not of God. The second, the third reason why people miss out on their spiritual inheritance as sons of God is over-familiarity. What did I say? Over-familiarity. Number 12, number 1 to 3. This was the story of, I don't have time to read it. The story of Aaron and Miriam. Aaron and Miriam were the elder siblings of Moses. So they were looking down. They, they've been done, they look Moses less, less. <laughs> I want to speak broken so that I will learn how to speak broken. How do you tell your neighbor, neighbor? Aaron and Miriam, been they look their brother less, less. Uh, it's called over familiarity. So even though God had anointed 
Moses to be their spiritual father, their spiritual leader. They are looking at him less less. They have seen everything about him. They have seen everything about him. I have another story here with um, um, a man called Noah and his sons. Noah was naked. Amen. His sons, so then do not go by him because they have seen their father less less. One of the sons came and looked. Hey, see popsy naked. Oh boy, see popsy. Ah! After looking at his father naked, he now called, instead of him to cover the man, he went and said, yeah, Oh boy, go, call see popsy. Oh, oh boy, you never see popsy day naked. Oh. I know, say, so you don't know, but popsy day naked. Oh, well, come back, I show you my pop, our popsy, our popsy. Now, my way, they always shout for us. See how see day naked for bed now. You know, even though you don't, you don't drink nonsense. Lie down for bed, open leg. Amen. Now he went to call his brothers. Now two of his brothers. Now the guy that did this, I think he's, he's of, I think he's called Ham. We like to call him the father of Africa. So he's, he's, he's your grandfather. <laughs> oh, that Africans have a way of fighting their prophets. Desmond, are you hearing me? So Ham went and called his brothers. What what they went and discussed his brothers. You know, just to just jest about his father, laugh, laugh at their father. Now, his two brothers, two of them, they were smart people. When they heard it, they took rapper. Amen. They took rapper. Let me show you something. They took Rapa. Please, I want to show you where it is in scripture. I think it's recorded in the book of Genesis chapter 9, 20 to 23. It's all there. It's all there. For time's sake, I don't want to go too deep. Look at it. So look at it. Are you there? Genesis 9. You can look at it. You can read it when you get home. 20 and verse 23. From 20 to 23. The story of, you know. Amen. I'm talking about over-familiarity. What did I say? Somebody say over-familiarity. Now these two boys, I think the names of these newer sons were Ham, Japhet, and who? Shem. So when Ham had this thing, he was jesting the father, mocking the father, called his two brothers, hey, come on, see papa, papa is naked, open leg, in drink, you know, you know, drink responsibly, he just cut a leg for bed. Two of them, Japheth and, he- and Shem, so, heard what he said and said, what? My father, naked, he took rapper, face back, took rapper, face back, two of them, one was standing here, one was standing here, and they went back, and they covered the master, they did not see the master, they but these other guys saw the nakedness of the man and began to gist and laugh and if you are, If you become over-familiar with your man of God, you are going to lose on your inheritance. Do you know what happened to, do you know what happened to the, the three of them later on? 
They were blessed. But, but harm was caused. Am I communicating? And harm is actually the, the father of Africa. It's the one that Africa started from. He is black. Ham is a black man. But thank God our real father is not Ham. It's Jesus. Shout hallelujah. Sorry, am I wasting your time? Are you learning something? Our real father is who? Ram. It cost time. They cost care out of him. Yes. So, but these other two guys, one, one, of, the, one of the sons, I think it was Shem, he's, he's the father of America. I don't know if he's Shem or Japheth, but one of them is the father of America, one of them is Asia. You know, just differently. 